This is a dialogue podcast from An American Mosaic. Driving around the country, discovering uh, our places and our people. I continue to uh, reinvent and try and figure out uh, what I'm doing today, uh, like most of us. Uh, there's uh, so many new things to do, and uh, we are definitely living in a, uh, a new reality. Everything has uh, changed. But we were in a time of change, uh, even uh, before uh, the pandemic. So many things uh, are different today, and different ideas about things. And uh, one of the things that uh, I really enjoy doing is going back and taking a listen to some of the conversations that I've had in the past. They uh, seem to hold uh, their time well because of just talking about uh, life and what people uh, had been doing. And I think that's uh, relevant even maybe more today uh, when we look at uh, what's going on and how we seem to be uh, so divisive and uh, how we're coping with change. I think uh, part of the thing is that uh, we've destroyed uh, the, the middle uh, part of, uh, of who we are and uh, we've eliminated uh, so many jobs and so many things. Uh, the working class people, I think, were the glue that held an awful lot of our country together, whether we uh, knew it or not or paid much attention to it. I wanted to uh, replay uh, a conversation that's uh, kind of a favorite. Uh, it's with a young fellow in uh, Welsh, uh, West Virginia. Uh, my trip to West Virginia was uh, kind of a surprise. I guess I didn't know really what to expect, and we have ideas about things from everything we read and what we hear. Uh, and then sometimes uh, we show up and uh, it's entirely different. Uh, my trip there uh, was kind of that way. Uh, West Virginia, uh, first of all, uh, some of the country I saw was absolutely beautiful. Uh, mountainous, green, uh, rolling hills, um, even where uh, the mines were. Uh, there was one experience I had. I was uh, in this uh, bed and breakfast, kind of a, a funny, funky place that I was staying. Uh, it had a great big front porch, and I was having a coffee sitting in the morning on that front porch, and I was listening to birds. Uh, the air was fresh. Uh, it had a sense of being uh, in uh, in the mountains. It was in, uh, in a valley uh, where this was located. Everything is built in a valley or a hollow, or holler as they, they call it. But I had uh, no idea or no sense of being uh, in and around coal mines, but just the opposite of being just in this amazing place. It uh, became clear to me uh, why the people there uh, love it so much. And then after having some conversations uh, with people uh, who live there and people that work in coal, I had a much better understanding of uh, the culture how they think, and uh, why they love uh, working with coal. It was a uh, Saturday morning about uh, 10.30, um, maybe uh, 11, as I uh, pulled into uh, Welch, uh, West Virginia. And uh, I came off uh, a state road and uh, took a left turn kind of into uh, one of those valleys 
And I was driving along, and uh, then eventually uh, I saw uh, some signs. I saw uh, some uh, housing, and I drove along, and then I saw uh, some buildings. And then I came uh, on a place where I looked straight ahead, and I saw a couple of rows of uh, buildings that were maybe uh, three, four, uh, no more than uh, some five-story. might have been a six-story building, but maybe five and uh, the road split there. It uh, forked and uh, went off to the right, and it was a one-way uh, down uh, a row of buildings. And uh, the first thing that occurred to me is uh, all these buildings, they're empty. There was no one there. Uh, and uh, the buildings were not fallen down or in total disrepair. It was kind of strange. It was kind of a, uh, an eerie feeling. It was like uh, everyone maybe just left a few days ago. So I went down to the end, and uh, then it kind of looped around and came back uh, the other direction on a one-way uh, street uh, that was also, again, lined uh, with empty buildings. Um, came up to uh, about halfway uh, to uh, down that one road, and um, then there was a uh, parking structure over on the right-hand side, and it was one of those kind of pancake uh, design uh, structures. Uh, it turns out that it was built uh, in uh, the 50s, and that was a very popular uh, design. And I later learned that it was one of the first uh, in the United States that was built uh, of that particular design for a parking structure. I also uh, learned that uh, at one time uh, during the 50s that uh, that town of Welch, all those buildings were full and the streets were full of people and they had movie theaters and department stores and uh, banks um, and a population of uh, very close in that area uh, to 100,000 people. And today, um, that area, not the town, but the area of Welsh uh, probably has uh, somewhere around uh, 10, 15,000 people. It was uh, in that uh, parking structure on that uh, Saturday morning uh, where I uh, met uh, Scotty. This is the uh, conversation that I had with Scotty. This is another conversation from uh, my trip in uh, West Virginia. I'm in uh, southern West Virginia in uh, McDowell County and uh, the town of Welch. Welch is a place that uh, back in the uh, 50s and the 60s was a boom town. It was thriving, uh, a regular metropolis. Uh, today, it uh, stands with mostly uh, empty buildings. Um, it's one of those places, McDowell County, that's got a reputation for not uh, being hospitable to uh, strangers. And uh, actually, I found uh, to be the contrary. Uh, this is deep in coal country, and uh, it's something that uh, they've done for uh, generations, and uh, they hope to continue doing it. Uh, I met 
Scotty uh, in a farmer's market, uh, a small market, on, uh, on a Saturday afternoon. Scotty's a young man who uh, he works in coal, and uh, following a tradition, uh, his, uh, his father, his grandfather, and uh, probably beyond that, have, have all worked in the mines, in the hole, they call it. I like Scotty. He's smart. He's easygoing and friendly. Um, maybe he's not what we really think a coal miner would be, uh, whatever our perception is. Uh, but once you start talking to uh, some of the people here, um, you really uh, start to understand um, something about uh, their culture. It really is a culture. And um, uh, working in the mines is a way of life for them. And it's a beautiful country. And when they're working, uh, they're happy. So tell me, born uh, uh, and raised here? Give me uh, some background. Yeah, I was, I was born in... Born in Bluefield Hospital, uh, but I was raised in Gary, just a few miles up the road, uh, and uh, got married and moved here to Welch. Been here for 12 years from, you know, McDowell County my entire life, but just in Welch for the last 12 years. You work in the mines? Yeah, I work in a coal preparation plant. Uh, I grew up in a coal mine family. My dad, uncles, grandparents, brothers, uh, well, brother. Um, all work in the coal industry have uh, provided for us for a long period of time. Um, my dad, he uh, he was injured underground in the underground mine in 2007, and uh, he hasn't worked since. Uh, and uh, it's t- it took a toll on him. I mean, money's excellent, dangerous job, but. Uh, you know, he just, there was a mishap, and, uh, but I mean, he's, he's able to walk and stuff like that, but he just, you know, he's unable to work now. He's 62 years old now, so since he was 52, he hasn't been able to work. But, uh, you know, coal mining's big in this area. It's sort of made a comeback uh, here in the recent last couple of years. Um, you know, it's, that's what we love here, really. I mean, there's... You got the federal prison here locally, the state facilities. Um, but as far as the big money, it's uh, the coal mining here is where, where it's at, you know, for now. Tell me about the, what's the workload? Oh, man. Well, every, every day um, the, the preparation plant I work in has seven floors. And... Um, we have multiple belt lines we have to maintain, screens, which, uh, you know, the coal comes in and goes into a vessel, and it's all separated with uh, specific gravity. You know, specific gravity of water is one, you know, and then we can add a magnetite to the water, which makes it more dense, heavier, and you can float more coal. You know, the, the whole process, the whole object is to to float as much coal and get as much recovery out of the rock and coal as you can. You know, the coal goes out one side, the clean coal, and the raw coal goes out the other side, or the rock, excuse me. Um, 
but our main goal was to to process the coal and get the best quality product as we can for the customer that's that's buying the coal. What kind of volumes do you process? What how many uh, uh, idea this well, well, our plant is uh, can handle up to 1,100 tons per hour, um, and you know, on a on a regular basis, according to what you know, SEMA coal we're running or whatever, um, we could probably get a recovery of anywhere from 30 to 70 percent recovery of the coal. So, I mean, on a good day, we could run about 15,000 raw tons and get you know. 7,500 to 8,000 uh, clean coal that'll be good to be shipped to a vessel, you know, to go to a customer. Uh, yeah. uh, when I pull into town, you know, I come in and I see all these empty buildings. Yeah. And uh, uh, it, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I, it, it, it surprised me and then I. I didn't give me a good feeling. Right, right. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, what's happened here? Yeah. Well, I mean, back in the 50s, I mean, you've probably heard this, the stories. Um, they called it Little New York here. I mean, all these empty buildings you see everywhere, it was packed, jam-packed all the time. I've seen pictures and uh, old videos of this town was shoulder to shoulder, you know, all the time. And, you know, I I know in my lifetime I'll never see it like that again. It's just not going to be. But, um, you know, people have tried to come in here. And, you know, uh, there's a guy, uh, I'm sure he probably wouldn't care if I mentioned his name, Craig Snow. He's uh, done a lot of work to a lot of these buildings down here trying to, revamp the community some. He's created jobs for a lot of local people, and I can't remember the name of their uh, company, but anyway, he, he provides them with a job and sends them to school to get, you know, their contractor's license, electrical license, stuff like that. He's doing good for the community, but, uh, you know, it, it is depressing at times, you know, seeing all the empty stuff of what it used to be, you know, but... Uh, you know, are you optimistic about the? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, me personally, this is home. I love it here. Small town community. Everybody knows everybody for the most part. And like where we're at today, this roadside community market is is it's good for community to gather. You know, every Saturday just for a few hours and hang out, and congregate and stuff. You know, but I'm optimistic. I love it here. I have no plans of ever leaving the state of West Virginia. Uh, or McDowell County for that matter unless it absolutely was no other option you know I'm optimistic you know it's not going to be little New York like it was in the 50s but you know people come in here and see the um, you know the potential you know because hearing the old stories, you know, of what it used to be and all these empty buildings that with a little TLC could be turned into something, you know, but I'm optimistic, you know. I know the coal industry is not going to be around forever, and uh, but, uh, you know, it, it pays the bills now. And, and, that you know, that's what everybody said. You know, I've talked to a few people, you know, years, you know, from the past that's been around, you know, that all these large coal companies came around 
years and years ago and just gutted the place, you know. And they never really did, you know, they made all this money, millions and millions, but never did put much back in here, you know what I mean? It's like they took the resources, the money was gone. You know, that that's the way I look at it. That's a common story in yeah, yeah. any place. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah. the um, we were talking a little bit about the politics of coal. Right. Coal's sort of become a political yeah. football. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's sad, but yeah, it has. Yeah, it really has. Seems like it's more for sound bites and things than. Uh, is it really? Is it really, is it really helping the people here? Right. Think? Right. Is the politics really helping? Well, I mean, you hope so. I hope. You know, and like I said, the because uh, I was laid off from the coal company uh, in 2014, and uh, I was away from it for little little over three years I actually just got back into it to the same place that I was in March of this year and uh, and, it, and it seems like since the election and the politics that I don't know it seems like it went hand in hand it's what it seems you know because the coal production has went through the roof since you know and uh, seeing it all the time, reading articles on Google and stuff like that, that, you know, U.S. Steel, some of the largest steel companies in the world are putting a lot of people back to work due to the coal production and everything. So, you know, we're hoping, you know, that that it'll last for a little while longer, you know. I was reading a little bit, uh, a little background, and it seems U.S. Steel has a history. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think didn't they kind of create this town? Yeah, well, or it's some a, other places. Uh, yeah, it's, or maybe I'm thinking in Kentucky, but anyway, yeah. you steal. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, um, my wife's grandfather was a superintendent of U.S. Steel in this area for a long time, and um, they had operations in Gary, all over Gary, all the way down next to, in Wyoming County, close to Pineville, and uh, and. Um, you know, we've got pictures and video from, I guess that was in, I can't remember the year, but when JFK came here, you know, we got pictures of her grandfather with JFK, you know, when he was superintendent of U.S. Steel and everything. It's pretty cool, man, but U.S. Steel had a big impact here. That's who my dad worked for. That's who my wife's father works for now, you know. Um, a lot of people in this area worked for U.S. Steel when it was, that's what it was called then, you know, it's called Seneca Coal now, but uh, but when U.S. Steel's here, that's that's pretty much who everybody worked for, because they, they had the whole county, it seemed like, uh, on lockdown. And the buildings were full and the streets were full. Oh, right. absolutely, absolutely, yep, yep, sure was. A lot of people talk about... Just uh, no big deal. Just retrain people to do something else. Uh, that's kind of makes for for some people good conversations, but the reality is that's nothing. Yeah, uh, I mean, you do look at some of these people that you know, like my dad, for instance. He's he had thirty 
31, 32 years in the coal mines. You know, that's all he ever knew all his life, you know, coal mining. But, you know, he he learned a lot of stuff as a coal miner. He's a, he can weld, you know, he he's a great mechanic, you know, and he knows his way around with electricity, you know, he can do electrical work and stuff, you know. It's but, you know, you take people like him, you know, and try to put him in something completely out of his element, you know, it may be tough for him to be retrained in something else, you know, when he spent so many years in that hole doing the same thing every single day, you know. But I, I can see him say that he don't he doesn't regret one second of it, you know. He loved it. I so many stories growing up hearing him talking about this and that, you know, it, it was cool. You know, and same way with her dad. He uh, he's probably I think he's been where he's at for forty, probably forty three, forty five years or so. You know, so yeah, I, I'm I can't sit here and say that that in forty years, uh, you know, I'll still be with the same company because you know it, it's gradually phasing out i mean we're always going to need the use for coal you know some you know but it's nowhere near like it was but but the market's through the roof right now so we get it while it's there i mean that's that's what that's what you got to do man yeah you got to get it while it's there man well i really appreciate the conversation thank you very much the more I travel around the country, the more I realize that uh, we're not as different as uh, we think we might be. That's it for this episode of Dialogue from an American Mosaic. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. <laughs>